0: hey welcome to the faith nfm podcast we appreciate your time today and we encourage you to head on over to faithnfm.com where you can find the notes for this presentation as well as links to all that's happening around faith assembly our hope is that this message helps move you forward in your faith journey again good morning glad that you're with us a special shout out if you happen to be a guest in the room first time here looking for a church home we have a couple sayings around here first is this if you're looking for a church home you found it we believe that hey we want to start a relationship with you and that god has a lot in store and also i said it earlier my name is blake i want to be your friend But if I don't cut it, uh, a lot of people in this room want to be your friend too. And an awesome way to do that is to get involved next week at our culture course. It is happening in between services. You find out all things faith will help you get plugged in. And we're glad that you chose to spend your Sunday morning with us today. Um, This morning, uh, I want to talk to you about... Finding a solution that is often overlooked in, in the way we go about certain things. And let me explain this. Anybody know, uh, you, you ever have a problem in life and someone gave you that solution and yet you ignored it? Fellas, like you know what I'm talking about, right? Like that lady in your life, she gave you a little bit of uh, uh, advice and it kind of took you the long way to figure that out. There's been moments where uh, in life that seasoned individuals who are maybe on their faith journey do a lot of things but often overlook one particular thing, and and, and that's fasting. Fasting is one of these areas in our spiritual walk that can can break strongholds, can fight battles, and that's what I want to talk to you about today. In fact, Jesus even speaks about this in, in Mark chapter 9, Matthew 17. His, his friends, the disciples, are trying to heal this demon-possessed boy, and they're unable to do so. They're having no luck in this process. They're like saying, hey, what's happened? Jesus comes and has a conversation, and he says, there's only some things that can be handled through prayer and fasting, Yet if I were to ask a lot of followers of Jesus, how often do you fast? What's fasting mean to you? Do you really live it out? Do you apply it to your life? Where does it really stand on your spiritual list of to-dos? How would we respond? Fasting is vital to our spiritual walk. Fasting, it centers us with God. Fasting, it it gives us favor with God and and our friends. Fasting, it it says, hey, God, you're going to be glorified. Fasting gives us divine wisdom. Fasting is a hunger strike against hell. Church, right now, we need to position ourselves in culture, in our neighborhoods, in society, to say, you know what, I'm going to stand against all that hell throws at us, and I'm going to fast, and I'm going to let God do what only God can do. And some things can only be done through what? Prayer and fasting. Jesus in Matthew chapter 6 gives us three duties as a Christian. He says this in six two. he says, when you give, that Part of our lifestyle is a lifestyle of generosity. We see this now more than ever. People are coming on social media and they're like, hey, church is about tithe, or like church doesn't believe in tithe, or don't have a tithe. We're a tithe-believing, generous people church. I'm going to talk to you about that why in a a little bit. And I'm not talking about giving if you're like, oh boy, I come to church the first time and all the preachers talking about is money. We're not talking about that, but it is noted that we're supposed to be called people who are generous understand that that tithe is almost the the bottom rung when it comes to the lifestyle of generosity secondly jesus goes here's another duty is to pray that's why we say hey we're gonna have our our kids up front every year i'm like hey let's pray over it we know it's a little awkward for parents to get up out of their chairs come forward especially if you happen to be new You're like, dude, I'm new. Where am I at? What is going place? The preacher called me up front. And you're like, whoa, I'm sweating. Trust me, no one noticed you, okay? So you're all right. We all looked at the beautiful angels God gave us. So we're supposed to pray. We're gonna be talking about that next week. But then thirdly, Jesus goes on in verse 16 of Matthew chapter six, and when you fast. But often fasting is an overlooked Solution to what God has given us to break some of the strongholds, win the battles, give us victory in life. And yet, it's awesome, like we it's often we, we measure ourselves through our giving, through our prayer, and how much Bible we know, yet there's moments we don't fast. We don't practice the discipline of fasting. There's three types of fast in scripture. We see this throughout Scripture, and I want to encourage you, if you have our green card, you can pull it out. All of our content resources can be found at faithnfm.com, and you can follow along with me here. But we see three types of fast. First, we have the complete fast. This is uh, what we see in Esther. We see Jesus do this. It's maybe limited just to water, or it's strictly no water and no food. It's 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 a bold fast that we see in, in God moves. So we see the complete fast. We also see that there's the selective fast, known as a Daniel fast, where you only eat certain foods. Daniel fast is known as the, the no carbs, no sweets, no meats. So any vegans in the room, you're already doing basically the Daniel fast. Well done, OK? But then we also see this. We also have the partial fast. And that's limited, sometimes called as the Jewish fast or what we see today's context as uh, intermittent fasting. And in other words, from maybe like 6 a.m. to 6 p.m., people wouldn't eat or would abstain from certain foods. So we see these different types of fast all throughout Scripture. And then if you noticed, there's something on the very bottom that I put on this green card, or maybe you're following along. We see this as a soul fast. Now, Maybe you're in here and fasting is a new practice. Maybe you're a guest and you're like talking about fasting. I have a lot of questions about fasting. We believe that it's one thing that Jesus has given us to do. Like I've said, it's given us solutions to break some strongholds in life. So it's important we fast. And I stress the importance of it. But maybe this whole fasting concept is new to you. We have at the very bottom what we call a soul fast. Now, technically speaking, and biblically speaking, fasting social media, fasting TV, fasting the golf course, or out on the fishing boat, say, hey, I'm not going to go golfing for the next month, that's not really a fast, all right? That's called saving some money in your pocket right there. But we also understand that might be new concept to you, so we want to help you along that journey, that in this journey at, at your, in your faith, that no matter where you're at, you're not doing it alone. That there's people who are ahead of you, people who are behind you, people are right where you're at, and there's wisdom everywhere. So I wanna encourage you, whatever you're going through, think about this practice of fasting, because maybe you've come in here with a battle in life. You're like, I got some issues taking place, Pastor ba- Blake like, Pastor Blake, I got some struggles, I got some hurts, I got some pains, and you're looking for a solution, looking for a breakthrough, these next seven days, we're going to be entering into a season of prayer and fasting as a church. And I want to invite you on that journey with me. Beginning tomorrow, I'm going to ask you to skip one meal a day, take that time, and seek God. Now, it's it's. Let me bring some clarity. If you skip breakfast already, I'm not asking you to skip breakfast and count that as your meal. Okay, like we're talking about moving a little bit forward and, and really taking that anoint that time and saying, God, I need to seek you in this moment. God, I need to I need to uh, pursue you. Maybe it's during your lunch hour. You go out to the car and rather than eating with your coworkers, you go and just pray. Maybe it's dinner, you say, hey, rather than eating and watching TV, you say, I'm going to take that time and I'm going to turn off the TV and I'm just going to go in a a different corner, different part of the house, maybe go on a walk and just pray, seek God. So I'm going to invite you to join us on a seven-day prayer and fast, talking about fasting today because I want to show you and encourage you what fasting can do in your life. We do fast twice a year. We do a 21-day fast in January, and then we do a seven-day right now, and we have some things that we pray about, some areas that I encourage you to be with us in this seven-day prayer and fasting. Because uh, believe it or not, believe it or not, there are individuals that you can stand with people and issues and problems that you have going on in your life that it's more spiritual than it is physical, Paul talks about that we are at battle in the spiritual realm more than it is laterally or what we can even see. How do we combat that? How do we fight? How do we grow with divine wisdom? How do we grow in taking these certain steps? It's through prayer and fasting. So I want to talk to you about today fasting and I want to touch on the seven points of our seven-day prayer and fast here at faith this summer and it's this the first one is reach southwest florida there's the Great Commission. We want to share the gospel of Jesus, what Jesus has done in our lives. We want to pray that over everybody who is not gathered with us today. We are, the only church, we are the only organization, club, whatever you want to call it, gathering that exists for people who do not attend. You have coworkers, you have neighbors, you have friends, and we are praying specifically for those people this next week. And this is what you can do during this fast. You can pray, hey, I'm going to pray a minute a day on each seven of these topics. Or maybe you want to take one day and pray over one topic and and cover that. I want to encourage you to do that. So we have the Great Commission. Secondly, we want to pray about our personal growth. Personal growth. That, hey, you know, in a couple days or in a week or a year, that you grow in God more this next year than you did this past year. That it's this, the sequential process. We call this sanctification. We call this, this moment of, hey, I'm just not content with where I'm at, but I want to trust God to do something great in my life. We also see another way we're going to be praying. We're going to believe for more. We've been in this theme <clears throat> this past year. We're talking about believing for more. There's a scarcity mindset versus this growth mindset. Scarcity mindset versus a plentiful mindset. I want you to believe that God can do more in your life than you even know and realize he can. Like, look, I'm not a prosperity preacher, but I think a lot of times we take a hard left turn and say, you know what, I got to be like in a sackcloth and say, oh, you know, and like we almost take this, this false sense of pride. But no, 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 no. Christians, we're bold. God can bless us. And we're going to be talking about this next week as well during what it means to pray and pray like Jabez. So I want you to come and be a part of that. We're going to pray about groups. That's another area. We believe everybody needs to be connected, we believe in, in engaging with other Christians, other followers of Jesus. We're looking for group leaders. We want to take each neighborhood by storm. I want to invite you out. Uh, August 20th, immediately following our second service, we're hosting a luncheon right here to my left, your right. We want to give you the information, equip you, help you grow in how you can reach your lost neighbors and loved ones and in a way of the context of a group. Meet people, do life together. We're gonna pray for our schools. It's important we pray for our schools. Our schools need it. <clears throat> and then we also wanna pray for healing, spiritually, physically, mentally. And we also want to look at that when it comes to emotionally. People are in desperate need of a touch of God. Prayer and fasting can do that when we give this time and carve it out for them. And then we also wanna pray for relationships, marriages. It's important. We just wrapped up talking about marriages last week and a lot of people always come up to me and say that was a great message that was a great series we love hearing about bedtime fun pastor Blake and I'm like "Woo! yeah let's do it again you know like we won't go there you missed it look us watch us up all right watch the past uh, messages point that I want to uh, um, bring with you today is this that prayer and fasting." Matters, And if it matters to you, it will matter to God. If your fast doesn't mean anything to you, then it won't mean anything to God. I want us to capture that. Like God wants you to have empowered, Holy Spirit, present-filled life with him. And it doesn't have to just stop. And it doesn't have to be just this, this moment going through the motions. See, fasting should be one of our initial reactions to the issues of life. And often, it's one of the greatest solutions we look past and don't cling on to. So, church, I want to invite you into the seven-day prayer and fast beginning tomorrow, going and carrying out through next Sunday. One meal a day. Take that moment pray about it this evening this afternoon and see how God maybe you if you're married or maybe you're some having some friends single in this place maybe in whatever community context I want to encourage you how are you going to fast so we're talking today about one of my favorite stories in the Bible when it pertains to fasting second chronicles chapter 20 we see this man by the name of Jehoshaphat Jehoshaphat was a at the end of the day was this king of judah and he's known as a good man there are some things that he mixed and messed up he he had some bad alliances he made some poor choices but when it was all said and done jehoshaphat is known as a good man and ultimately is made right with god ultimately has a relationship with God and we study him and we look at him and we can be encouraged by what and how he lived out his life particularly when it comes to this fast Jehoshaphat he is found in this scenario against 3 armies that are imposing in, in, in on his territory. So we see a small nation versus three mighty nations. And they're coming from the east, and they're getting ready to, to conquer him and Jehoshaphat doesn't know what to do except fast. So join me, 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 1. After this, the Moabites, the Ammonites, and then some of the Minunites came against Jehoshaphat for battle, some men came and told Jehoshaphat, A great multitude is coming against you from Edom and from beyond the sea. Behold, the Hezron and Tamar, this is the Engedi. And then Jehoshaphat was afraid, set his face to seek the Lord, and proclaimed a fast throughout all of Judah. Proclaimed a fast. So, fast when you're overwhelmed anybody ever feel overwhelmed anybody ever feel like hey i'm stressed i got some anxiety in life what happens that you know in in our culture whenever we get stressed or we face anxiety we tend to not cut things out of life we tend to add things to life anybody stress eat a little bit Right? Like you're stressed. You're walking down the cookie aisle and you're like, oh, Elfudge fudge double stuff, thank you very much. Oreos, thank you very much. You're eating a quart of ice cream every night. You're like, "Woo!" like I'm feeling good. But really, you're stressed out of your mind. But then maybe we pivot a little bit differently too, right? Maybe like that would be a good habit for you to eat junk food. Maybe you get stressed and you get anxious in life and you drink a lot. Like that, that glass of wine doesn't become a, a glass on the weekend, it becomes a bottle every night. Rather than going home and, and addressing some things that need to address, you, you take a pit stop and you hit the bar. And you're overwhelmed, and, and you don't know how to process some things in life, right? We, we see that life is full of more alarming statistics when it comes to mental uh, um, hang-ups and, and illness and, and, and certain depression and anxiety, and we see this taking place. And so it's like, hey, I need to go find counseling, and, hey, I need, to, uh, I, I need to take certain medication. I'm saying there's, there's maybe a truth to all of those components, and, and limited, and limited areas. But I think it's fascinating when Jehoshaphat is overwhelmed, when he's anxious, and when he's stressed, what's he do? He cuts something out in his life. He fasts. I think that's important for us to understand that. Jeremiah 29 12 says, then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will hear you. You will seek me, you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. It's this position of when I'm fasting, I'm seeking God. I'm cutting out the noise and saying, I'm giving God over all of my feelings, all of my natural wants and desires, and saying, God, I need you, I'm overwhelmed. So fast when you're overwhelmed. That's not common Uh, It's not common practice. But what do you need to cut out if you're feeling stressed? Anxiety. Take these next seven days. Fast for guidance. Fast for guidance. Jehoshaphat, he's he's proclaiming a fast. He goes on and he goes before the nation of Israel and he starts to pray. And then in verse 12, he says, O our God, will you not execute judgment on them? For we are powerless against this great Horde that is coming against us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. They didn't know what to do, this great horde. Understand the context of it. Jehoshaphat had a large army. Scholars, theologians believe he had about 1.2 million people in his army, but he was scared. That's a large army for, for Judah. But then he's scared. So that tells you how great these three other nations are coming to march. He's scared, doesn't know what to do, but what? His eyes are on God. Meanwhile, all of Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives, and their children. They stood before the Lord with their their wives, their relationships, the people in their lives, and they fasted. I want us to capture this. We need to fast for guidance. When you don't know what to do, our first response shouldn't be going lateral to everybody around us. and should say, hey God, I'm going to lean into you. I got some questions going on. My wife and I, uh, we fast quite often. We have church-wide fast, and we have separate individual fasts that we'll do. Uh, I think about three different times I remember a pivotal fast in my life. The first one, when I decided to marry my wife, I fasted about that. I wanted to make sure, hey, Brittany, like, uh, you sure you want to marry me? You know, like, I'm praying, right? Like, that, that's where I was. I was praying fast. I fasted about one of the biggest decisions of my life. Before my wife and I moved to Southwest Florida, if you know a little bit of our story, we were out in Los Angeles. We felt God call us to Southwest Florida. We fasted pretty severely. We, like, I mean, we were calling out to God. And I, I was like, God, we need you. I'm about to uproot my life from California all the way to Southwest Florida. You know how many times when I came to Florida and people were like, hey, where are you from? I'm like, California. And they gave me a weird kind of staunch look like, oh, you're from California, one of those. And I was like, after a few times, I was like, hey, I'm from Missouri, you know, originally born in Missouri. So like, but, but we had to fast in some of those Like we fasted in those huge scenarios. Another huge time we fasted for guidance when I didn't know what to do. When I was trying, like I feel God brought us to Southwest Florida for a different ministry responsibility. Pastor Goss, my predecessor who retired back in March, comes in and says, uh, you know, we've been in a two-year transition. For those of you who've been with us for a while uh, that have only been the lead pastor for the past few months is when we had this conversation about me stepping into being the next lead pastor of this church. I said, man, I don't want to follow in the shoes of a giant, man. Like, people are going to be throwing spears left and right. Pastor Goss, we're a little different, man, if you can't really tell. Like, you're over here. And, and, but I had to fast about it. And God worked through that. Fast for guidance. It's seeking God. It's going vertically versus horizontally. I want us to understand and capture that. Our initial response should be, hey, God, I'm turn into you. God, I'm looking up at you. God, I need your guidance. And once we do that, then God says, hey, hey, look around, tap into those who are wise, ask for their counsel. We also see this, we're supposed to fast to make our problems God's problems. Our problems are God's problems. How many of us would like to hand our problems to our neighbors? right? Like, let's get a little more transparent here. How many of us couples in this place would like to say, I want to give our marital issues to those people, right? Like, like, if someone's like, hey, Pastor Blake, uh, I'll take all your problems. Uh, I will relieve you of all that. I'd say, dude, come on, man. Like, you be my best friend. Like, where do we go? I'll take you to McDonald's, you know? Like, come on. Like, I'll give you everything I got to deal with. But when we fast, guess what we're doing? We're saying, God, I, don't, I, I can't handle this problem. It's your problem. God, like, hey, I, I'm going through this. I'm having a hard time right now. God, I can't get it done. God, I'm struggling at work. I'm struggling in my marriage. And you know what God comes in and says? When that great horde, when you're overwhelmed, when that multitude is happening and you don't know what to do, I'll take that problem and I'll make it mine we see this throughout scripture fast time and time again and our problems become God's problems 2nd Chronicles for the for the sake of time I'm gonna skip down to verse 17 and it says this you will not need to fight in this battle the Lord says and declares and he moves and and he uses the individual he says do not be afraid You know, in the King James Version, there's a do not or fear not 365 times in the Bible. One for every day of the year. Fear not. Fear not. You won't need need to fight in this battle. Now, can you imagine if you're Jehoshaphat and and you're sitting there with your troops? These, These people are coming and they say, hey, you don't need to fight you know what most of our response would be? Why? You know, a lot of times, God has taken us and saying, hey, hand me your problems. I'll work out that problem. Don't be concerned with the why. Don't be concerned about some of these issues that that you're uh, focused on so severely in your life that you can't get past it in life. Don't worry about that. I think one of the hardest things for us to come to to an understanding is simply this, that we don't want to really give God all of our problems. We want control. Like, God, I will give you my problems if the solution that you give me is what I want, what I can see. And God's saying, no, 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 no. Just give me your problems. Like, I'll take your problems away. Jehoshaphat, he's sitting there. And he's given his problems to God. He's overwhelmed, but God's saying, hey, you don't need to fight. It's prophesied over them. See, when we say you don't need to fight, a lot of times we need the why. And God's saying just, hey, hand me your problems. When my wife and I were moved out here, we had zero connections, and, and I say this, because a lot of times what people will think is you fast, God will give you this, this answer in the sky. Like, write a, write a big thing. I've been praying for it. I didn't get this answer. And I, and I remember one of the greatest things before we moved out here to um, uh, Southwest Florida from Los Angeles about four years ago, is I was praying about something specific. My wife, she did her fast. I do my fast. We come together and we talk about hey, how God's moving. And I'll be honest, there are some things like, how am I going to even afford it? Like, I didn't know and it was what I was internally processing and, and I was prideful and I didn't say hey I'm gonna move to southwest Florida and and like if I really love and, and trust God and I'm in this ministry and I'm gonna be a pastor and and all these different things then Then I don't need to be concerned about the money side of it or anything like that Like you need to have faith, you know Everything that I preached for 10 years now is being put into practice in a scenario I found myself So I'm like internal. It's like it's a battle like God I, I know you're calling me but God I can't really go I don't know what I'm gonna do for a job like no resources nothing and then he takes me to a passage of scripture I believe it's John chapter 9 where Jesus is talking he's like hey don't worry about the perishable things but the eternal things and it just clicked for me in my fast and prayer time that hey you know what there's this un can he like i just can't even express just how god moved in my one-on-one time with him in that moment and we've been on a ride ever since never would have envisioned where we are if it wasn't for some victories that i found through prayer and fasting and i want to challenge you and encourage you with that today fourthly we also see fast for deep worship fast for deep worship then Jehoshaphat bowed his head, his face to the ground, and all of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell down before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. And the Levites and the Kohathites and the Korhites stood up to praise the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice. Man, I like loud worship. I like loud music. Because with the loud voice, they worshiped. The loud voice, they praised God. Some of the most intimate worship moments you can have in your life is when it's in the middle of a fast or on the heels of a fast. When you trust God and you say, hey God, I'm gonna give you everything right now. I'm just gonna worship you. I'm gonna praise you. I'm gonna shout to you. Like, I kind of get excited a lot of times. Like, that's just who I am. And my mind races a little bit. Have you ever heard the story of how the Israelites marched around Jericho and the walls fell down? and, and, And I'm like, man, I want this place so loud. That the walls can fall down you're like uh, i know what some of you think pastor blake it's already loud enough in the music but my point that i'm trying to illustrate is that as followers of jesus when we fast when we pray we enter into a deep worship where we want to declare that our god can see us through any battle can give us any victory through whatever hardship or brokenness we've gone through, we give it to God, and for that, we enter into times of deep worship to say, God, we're gonna praise you for that. I, I can't imagine, like, I always play like this, you know, like, the, the Israelites, if you're familiar, they, they walked around Jericho seven times, well, or not seven times, but seven days, and, you know, there's like, what, 40, I can't remember, do all the math, I can't remember, but they walked around the wall a lot. And then they blew the trumpets at the end of the seven days. And and when they blew the trumpets, can you imagine it being like, you know, like, oh, the walls came down, you know? Like, no. It was like, man, they blew it, they shouted. Deep worship. Like when we enter into these times of prayer and fast, like it's deep worship that we're saying, hey God, man, I'm starving my natural wants and desires and I'm just focusing on you. And then we fast. Lastly, for this, to see God do more. To see God do more. Um, when you look through the scripture, what happens in the story, let me just... They show up, they get pro- they're prophesied that, hey, they're going to win this battle. They don't have to worry about anything. They don't even have to lift a sword. God just basically says, hey, I'm going to take you from this point. I'm going to show you. I'm going to put you on this watchtower. He's telling this whole nation. They show up. And what happens throughout Scripture, this ambush comes along, meaning there was probably this, these angelic beings that came around, and they just destroyed these armies, the Israelites, can you imagine showing up and it's like, dude, they didn't have to do anything and they won the fight. Every body of the enemy was laid there. And then you lean in a little bit more and we see in verse 25, I believe, it says this in verse end of 24, none had escaped when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take the spoil they found among them. In great numbers, goods, clothing, and precious things which they took for themselves until they could carry no more. Not only did they win, they had a lot of stuff that God blessed them with, a lot of items that they were blessed with. It says this, I love this. They were there three days taking the spoil, it was so much so much there's a victory in the fast church so i don't know what you've come in here with and i don't know what issues you're facing i don't know what battles you're going through or maybe battles that you're foreseeing in the future my challenge to you is allow god to move in your life seek him through a fast so join us in the seven days of prayer and fast beginning tomorrow through sunday I don't close with this. We understand that we all, a lot of us have different church backgrounds. We find that throughout this, when throughout the Bible and when we look in the Old Testament, it points us to this man by the name of Jesus. Jesus teaches his disciples. At one point, he didn't have to fast because he was with the disciples. But then he encourages the disciples once he ascends to heaven, he says, fast. And so we fast. In Matthew 6, we see this. When you pray, when you give, when you fast. Starting point for each and every one of us, my hope is this, that you begin a real vibrant relationship with God through Jesus. And then Jesus gives us the Old Testament that points us to him. We see these, these moments and we see these threads throughout the Old Testament that say, hey, Jesus is still with us. Jesus is coming for his church. That Jesus has already handled the problem for us. You know, see that? God handles the problem, gives us his son Jesus, and many years later, and he gives us The opportunity to realize that, hey, no matter how much we're messed up, mixed up, broken, problems, perils, obstacles to fix and face, that Jesus handles our problems. So today, we're going to get ready to conclude service and and wrap that up. But I just want to challenge you. If you want to start a real relationship with Jesus, it begins by simply admitting you're a sinner, believing that Jesus died on the cross for you that God raised him from the grave. Three days later, he ascended to heaven. He's given us his Holy Spirit to live and to lead and to guide and to comfort us in the days till he returns. But it begins with a relationship with Jesus. So with every head bowed, I'm gonna pray today. And if you wanna start a relationship with Jesus, I'm just gonna ask you, if you'll just raise your hand so I can pray with you this week. If you wanna give your life say, i want to declare that Jesus is Lord. Let's pray. God, we give you this time right now. We worship you. We thank you for everything you've done in our, in our lives. Lord, in this season of prayer and fasting, we pray that you give us breakthroughs, that you give us victory for those who are raising their hands, Lord, for those who are declaring that you are God, that you are a leader. Lord, i are praying that you move, Lord, as we studied and looked at the fast, we realize there's victory in the fast, that we are encouraged to fast, Lord, because there's some strongholds that need to be broken that only prayer and fasting can do. God, we give you today, we give you our battles, there's victory found in your name, and there's victory in the fast. In your great and holy name, we all say, amen. Hey, thanks for listening today. If you have any questions or would like to speak to someone concerning this message, we invite you to fill out our online communication card at faithnfm.com. And if you're able, we'd love to have you with us in person on Sundays at 9 a.m. or 1045 a.m. or on the best night of the week for Wednesday prayer at 7 p.m. We're at 7101 Bayshore Road in North Fort Myers, just two miles west of of I-75 at exit 143. Thanks again for listening.